Needless to say, I am very, very happy that I decided to record on Tuesdays instead of Mondays. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had any of the Cam Newton news, and it would have made that fucking podcast invalid. We're going to the AFC East. It's the Doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and you are in the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. How is everybody on this last day of June? Man, we thought March was just fucking just stroking it, right? Just fucking slow as shit as everybody was caught, you know, stuck inside and all that. And April fucking just flew by. May flew by. Now we're already at the end of fucking June, getting ready to go into July. It's less than a month until the proposed start of training camp, so hopefully we're fucking on track. Um, Still have no idea what the protocols are going to uh, entail. There's been, you know, little bleeps and bloops in the news of, you know, Players not being uh, all too thrilled about everything, but uh, we're playing it. We're playing it like it's everything's going to be on track. So let's just keep going here. Uh, we did get the Cam Newton news. He signed a minimum uh, ter- uh, minimum price deal, uh, very incentive laden. It's somewhere about seven to eight million dollars. Uh, if he hits all the incentives. So they got a hell of a deal. Uh, there's a lot of talk online about how shitty of a deal it really was for a former MVP. But, look, he could have signed with anybody else for probably a better deal, to be honest. But he took the deal with the Patriots. He's saying, hey, you know, basically saying, hey, I'm going to fight. I'm going to show that I belong as a starting quarterback. And I got to hand it to him, all right? You know, we we pick on Cam Newton a bit for the way he dresses and everything, and but you know, give him credit. He showed up. He's signed. He's saying, "Hey, I'm gonna try and take that fucking job and run with it, literally and figuratively." But it is what it is. We'll see what happens there. We're gonna get to the Patriots soon enough, but we got to make our first stop in Buffalo. And take a look at the Bills. Starting at your quarterback, of course, is Josh Allen. Uh, As far as an actual NFL quarterback, not my favorite guy there. But, hey, you know what? For fantasy-wise, Josh Allen has, you know, pretty much uh, gotten us through some tough times the last two years. And uh, if he can improve on what he did last season, it's great. The only worries is how much he just completely just failed the second half of that Houston uh, playoff game. So we'll see what happens there. 
the Buffalo Bills did draft a quarterback in the fifth round in Jake Fromm from Georgia. If you don't know my feelings on it, which you should by now, if you got any of the the draft kit that we had, uh, the live stream, Jake Fromm, not my favorite fucking dude. I thought I was going to, when I looked at the tape of him, I thought I was going to see what everybody else was seeing. And I'm telling you, man, that dude, that dude has no fucking arm. Josh Allen has a fucking cannon. He just can't control it. Jake Fromm, he just, uh, he doesn't have shit. He's garbage. He's fucking garbage. If somebody tells you that Jake Fromm is fucking at some point going to supplant Josh Allen, Holy shit, get them fucking tested. Maybe not even for coronavirus, just get them tested for fucking coke or something. Somebody's smoking. Somebody's snorting the fucking nose candy there. Any which way, we move to the running backs. We have Devin Singletary. And then they drafted Zach Moss in the third round out of Utah. TJ Yeldon, Taiwan Jones, uh, Antonio Williams, UDFA. Uh, some concerns. We. Really, I really, really wanted to like Devin Singletary coming into the year, and then when they drafted Zach Moss, who were, you know, pretty high on coming out of uh, college, and Zach Moss is, you know, he's he's gonna get the carries, he's gonna get he's gonna get a lot of goal line looks, bigger back, um, can he can catch uh, Singletary? I still think has a little bit of an edge on him, a little bit more of a burst. Um, but that's going to be a split backfield. So we need to take a look at to see what their ADPs and see if they're even worth it. Uh, take a look at the strength of schedule, see if we even want to dip our hands in there and try to select one of these guys. And we'll get to that point. And we'll get to that part soon enough. But we're going to go to the wide receivers. Uh, Buffalo traded, got themselves Stephon Diggs from Minnesota. Lined up across from him, of course, is our, one of our favorites, John Brown, last year. And then in the slot will be Cole Beasley. Backing them up will be Duke Williams. Rookies, rookie, you know, I don't know how the fuck to say this. Because um, we haven't actually seen him outside of what in, what we've seen in college. But a guy that a lot of people are talking about, Gabriel Davis, uh, the wide receiver out of University of Central Florida, who they took in the fourth round. They're really, really high on him. He's kind of one of those guys that are just like Duke Williams, Robert Foster. He's kind of one of them little burner guys. Um, so he's somebody that could filter in, maybe not a guy that we could look at in year one of his career, but definitely somebody that we should keep an eye on. You also have Isaiah McKenzie and then Andre Roberts, uh, Ray Ray McLeod, and uh, fellow rookie Isaiah Hodges. Hodgins, who came out of Oregon State in the sixth round, uh, not really too high on him. Nothing really to, you know, shake a stick at. Tight end, you're looking at Dawson Knox, <clears throat> Tyler Croft, Lee Smith, and Tommy Sweeney. Uh, Dawson Knox is another guy that we're probably going to just sit and sit back and wait and see. Now, there's a lot of guys, a lot of people out there that are on the other uh, second year tight ends. The Noah fans, the TJ Hawkinsons, but nobody's talking about Dawson Knox. Got involved a little bit. Uh, Croft was a little bit of a pain in the ass. Was more of like the third slash fourth wheel as far as pass targets go. 
because of like say Singletary and then when they had um old man oh my god why can't I think of old man's name he just went to the Jets god damn it why am I brain farting here Frank Gore for fuck's sakes so Dawson Knox another uh, just a guy that we're gonna sit back and watch see if there's anything that we can see uh, later in the season for say waiver wires if he's building a rapport with Josh Allen although we know that this team is basically going to run 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 um, first and pass second maybe not even second they're going to actually pass third it's going to be run run pass so Taking a look at the offensive line, you're going to have from left to right, you're going to have Deion Dawkins, Quentin Spain, Mitch Morris, John Feliciano, and Cody Ford. They did make a little bit of improvements here. Um, I think Quentin Spain's going to be a little bit better this year at, at left tackle between Dawkins and Morris. Uh, John Feliciano sh- should improve, you would hope, would improve this year as long in, as well with uh, Cody Ford at right tackle. Um, if they're going to make a dent. Looking at the Buffalo Bills defense, they did make some moves here. Uh, we have Mario Addison, who comes in from Carolina. Ed Oliver's star, Le Toule. Uh Jerry Hughes, manning the front. This is going to be a 4-3 defense. Then we have Matt Milano, Tremont Edwards, and A.J. Klein manning the linebackers. A.J. Klein coming in from New Orleans. Hopefully he can step it up a little bit. Uh, he wasn't all that great last year. Uh, your outside corners are, go- at least the way that I see it, you're going to have Tredavious White and Josh Norman in there. Now, they did they did pick up E.J. Gaines, um, who was a free agent cornerback, just kind of laying out there. And then they drafted Dane Jackson in the seventh round out of Pittsburgh. Nothing more as backups. So you have Levi Wallace's kind of the backup. I think he's backup to Josh Norman, but I think you may see a rotation in there between Norman Wallace um, on that. On you know, if you're looking at it, our right side, uh, Teron Johnson should man uh, in the slot, and then you have your safeties in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Pretty decent defense. Should be able to shut down most of the offense, especially a couple of the terrible offenses in the AFC East. Um, we'll look into their schedule and see if they got any other kind of powder puffs in here. So let's go to our strength of schedule and see what their rank is overall here. Now their strength of schedule, uh, strength of schedule rank based on last season's opponent record. Uh, they come in as fifth, uh, fifth hardest schedule in the NFL. Uh, taking a look at total defense on DVOA, uh, more of the same. It's the fifth overall, 25th, 4, 13, and 6, looking by quarter. So the easiest part of their schedule is going to be early. And then they're going to have what looks to be kind of a difficult schedule the rest of the way versus the rush. This is your DVOA strength of schedule. Six overall, 12, 5, 22, and 8. So third quarter is the best. Versus the pass, ninth overall. 27, 3, 12, and 6. First quarter being the best. Now wide receiver one, this is going to be our Stefan Diggs. 
who should be the number one. I doubt John Brown's going to be the number one. He'll be the number two this year. But uh, Stephon Diggs, 27th ranked schedule. 26, 10, 19, and 23. So that's good. Looks fantastic. But we got an offense that's going to be very run heavy. We have to see what Stephon Diggs' actual ADP is going to be at, where he's going to get drafted, if he's worth it. Wide receiver 2 DVO rank, strength of schedule rank. Fourth hardest schedule, 32, 9, and 2. So it's not looking very good for John Brown. How about Cole Beasley? Ninth hardest schedule, 12, 29, and 5. Hmm. Interesting. Tight end. Let's see where Mr. Knox is. Fifth overall, 27, 4, 14, and 4. We're going to have to make a decision early on Dawson Knox. I don't really want to draft a guy for four games, though. Running back in the passing games, 23rd overall. Okay. 29, 18, 11, and 2. So that actually bolds well for Devin Singletary. But only if the Bills are going to be playing from behind. Now if we look at uh, the offensive DVOA. Cumulative. 21st, 21st hardest schedule. 28, 5, 3, and 30. So the first quarter and the fourth quarter are going to be the easiest parts of the schedule. This is for the Buffalo Bills defense, by the way, that we're doing this for. Passing, offense, DVOA, 21st at 21, 8, 4, and 30. Again, 1 and 4. Uh, rush offense, 30th overall. So the third best record against opposing offenses. Or uh, rush offenses, my bad. 31st, 10, 5, and 31. So the 1 and 4 again. Defense plus offense. This is the metric that this is the uh yeah, it's the metric that we made up here. Eighth overall when you put combine uh defense and offensive DVOA, strength of schedule, 30, 1, 3, and 23. So again, 1 and 4 being the best. So let's take a look at the schedule here. First two we got Jets and then at Dolphins. So a couple of powder puffs there. Dolphins going to be a very, very good game uh, for the offense that you would think. Now we'll get to the Dolphins defense later on here, and we'll take a look at that. Rams and Raiders. Hmm. Rams are generally good for tight ends and running backs. Okay, Raiders. Raiders pretty much anybody. Anybody's good to go there. So got a couple of matchups for the running backs in there with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Uh, definitely tight ends. Tight end is going to be good right in there. Now we take a look at next four. Titans and Chiefs. Titans is always yeah top end wide receiver passing game. You always want to go over the top. Wide receiver plus is good. Tight end and running back. Chiefs is always rushing, wide receiver plus, and running back. So hmm. it's actually pretty good for Josh Allen right here in the beginning. You do have the Jets. have to take a look, see how much their improvements might change the tide here because that's always been good for passing, not so much running. Uh, versus the Patriots, yeah, we're not going to touch that. Versus Seahawks. <sighs> 
Good for the running backs on the ground and tight ends. And then at Cardinals, tight ends, obviously. And then quarterback's good in there for the passing game, wide receiver ones. We like elite wide receiver ones against uh, Patrick Peterson. Um, Stephon Diggs isn't necessarily a an elite wide receiver one, but he's, he's no slouch either, so... Could be pretty good, you know, start of the season for this first 10 weeks. Week 11, they're on their bye. Then we get into the Chargers, who I think everybody's going to have a little bit more difficulty running against. We talked about their defense. 49ers, mm, I don't know, not so much. Although they they showed some chinks in the armor with the, uh, I guess, the running back in the Super Bowl. So that one could be open. Steelers, not going to touch. Uh, Broncos still, I think their defense has improved, and then they got the Patriots. So the back end of that schedule is not very good. Very, very difficult after they get the bye week. So they're going to have to make some moves early. So, I mean, if you're drafting, if you're drafting any of the Buffalo Bills. You hope they get off to the hot start and maybe sell them off. That's kind of the that's kind of what I'm seeing here. Let's take a look at their ADPs here while we're at it. Starting quarterback, we'll look at Josh Allen. Tenth quarterback off the board, 97 overall, so it's not too bad. Um, even with a difficult schedule, if they're going to get behind, Josh Allen will be forced to throw. He likes to use his legs, so I don't really hate I still don't really hate Josh Allen, although he may go a little bit earlier in there because everybody's going to be chasing all that run, all that rushing and worth, worth the rushing touchdowns and stuff. So, um, if he fell to ninety-seven, if he's in the, if he's like a tenth, let's just say tenth round, if Josh Allen's in there, there in the tenth round, I probably will take a look at him and, ta- and probably take him there. Really, because he has a lot of upside. If he goes before that, I'm just going to let him go. I mean, I'll I'll settle for you know what's behind him here: Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield. I'll wait. I'll wait for those. Even if he's not gone by then, maybe I might wait. It all depends on the makeup of the team. Uh, let's take a look at Jake Fromm here, just because. And Jake Fromm is 39th quarterback off the board, 330th pick. So, yeah, no love for Jake Fromm. Aw. Aw. Taking a look at the running backs, we got Devin Singletary. He is RB29. He is taken 58th overall. So that's the end of the fifth round. Uh, let's see. Zach Moss is RB45 at pick 112. He's going to get picked before, well before that. He's going to be an eighth-round pick. So, would I take Devin Singletary in the fifth round? Right now, without seeing the offense in the preseason? Yes. If you're behind on running back. Like, I would not want Devin Singletary anything more than probably my RB3, to be honest with you. And then I'd want to pair him up with Moss. If that means I've got to jump a little bit higher on Moss, I will jump a little bit higher then that 112, like I said, probably eighth round. I wouldn't I wouldn't wait on it. I would just lock it up. 
Now you do have to worry about uh, goal line touches with Josh Allen. That's kind of kind of comes with the territory. Um, but I mean, you got a lot of upside. You got a lot of upside with Devin Singletary. I still like that kid. Still like that kid, even though it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, kind of a climb uh, for next season uh, for the schedule this year. But uh, let's see here. Taiwan Jones, RB91, 360 overall. And TJ Yeldon, RB96 at 380. So other than that, yeah, you're just focusing on top two. We don't have to worry about anybody else, really. Oh, wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. Wide receiver, 28. Okay, so he's a wide receiver, 3. 67th pick overall. Hmm. Sixth round pick. I can get on Stefan Diggs in the sixth round very easily. Very easily has the upside. Um, want to treat him probably as a wide receiver three, to be honest. I wouldn't want to treat him anything more with this offense. John Brown, where are you? Where are you, John Brown? You're at wide receiver 51, pick 128. So you're looking at the 11th round. That's fantastic value. And I'll take him as a wide receiver four, no higher. Um, Where's my Cole Beasley? Where's my Cole Beasley? He's wide receiver 79. Basically not even getting drafted. He's pick 218. Fucking ludicrous is that. We do know that Josh Allen likes him likes him some Cole Beasley. But Stephon Diggs is going to demand that ball. They're going to try and force that ball in there and make that trade worth it. Uh, Gabriel Davis will be your next guy for Buffalo at wide receiver 114, 390 overall. So he's more of a wait and see. He's kind of a best ball guy. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all they had for... There at wide receiver, tight end. We were where's our Dawson Knox? Yeah, he's tight end twenty eight, two twenty one. So definitely a guy just to kind of wait on, wait and see on. Not drafting him now. Buffalo Bills defense is the fifth defense off the board. This is all NFFC. Overall one seventy one. So we're not really too worried about the overall. Uh, we're worried about which defense they are. Defense number five, that's pretty good. It's not too bad. Probably not going to have to draft anything really much higher than that. Let's take a look as we move to Miami. So we're going to go down to south. Let me get my sheet ready here. Miami, a lot of people on Miami with Tua being there. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is there. He's going to open the season up. Especially with this whole, you know, pandemic COVID thing where they haven't had an off season, you're going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick in there first. So two may or may not come into the season late in the season. I personally think they'll end up putting him in at some point in time. Um, definitely when they make sure that that fucking hip is okay, and they're not going to expose him to any worse injuries. Your running backs here are going to be Jordan Howard and Matt Breida to lead off. Kalen Balaj, Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Perry, who is a rookie, uh, seventh round out of Navy. He's okay. 
And then uh, Patrick Laird, you know, the great white hype. Jordan Howard and Matt Breida will be the two main guys. Jordan will be more of the goal line guy. They've said this out in the open. He's going to be your first and second down running back. Uh, Matt Breida will be probably no more than a third down back. Um, the hurry up offense, two minute drill type deal. So we'll have to see what the value is. I'm sure they're, it's pretty low. Matt Breed is probably the guy that I would look at the most because, I mean, you're still looking at another year or two of drafts before the Miami Dolphins get that defense right. I mean, it could it it could happen this year, just out of the blue. But I don't, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet any money on it. Um, probably the real earliest that that defense is going to be good is next year. So this is going to be a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot. So we'll take a look at the wide receivers here and Devontae Parker, who a lot of people are on, chasing after last season's statistics. And then you have Preston Williams. Now, is Preston Williams going to be fine after the ACL tear? That's my question. Right now in a best ball, I'd probably take a shot on Preston Williams. I don't know when seasonal if I'm going to. I need to see him out on the field. I know they're all doing this virtual fucking workout shit, but how much of that do we actually see? Not a whole hell of a lot. I want to see him on the field. I want to see him in practice. I want to see him in preseason running routes, real routes, against somebody else, right? Albert Wilson, I got penciled in as, you know, returning as the slot wide receiver. You'll have, also have his backups, Matt Collins, Alan Hearns, <laughs> Isaiah Ford, Ricardo Lewis, Gary Jennings, Jakeem Grant, and then UDFA is Kirk Merritt and Matt Cole. I don't think there's really anything here outside of the top three wide receivers, probably nothing more than the top two because we go to the tight end, and now everybody's on Mike Gazicki's nuts, right? Not Durham Smythe, not Chris Marriott. Ah, there's something in my fucking eye. And not Michael Roberts, although Michael Roberts. Michael Roberts, if the name sounds familiar as a tight end, this is the guy who was playing in Detroit a couple of years ago, and then he went to Green Bay for like a day and then got cut. This is a guy who actually had some upside, so I'm kind of paying attention to this and seeing if he actually makes the roster or not. Um, I mean, you're going to see a lot more of Mike Gazeki and Durham Smythe will be more of the uh, blocking tight end, but... I am keeping an eye on Michael Roberts, seeing if he's actually going to be able to make a comeback. Now, this has been, we're talking like three or four years ago. So we don't know what he's going to look like. I want to see him out on the field. I'm really curious. But that's just out of my own curiosity. The offensive line. Now, this is how I have it set up from left to right. To be completely honest. Everybody else has these tackles flopped. I have it. Julian Davenport still at left tackle. Eric Flowers at left left guard. Ted Karras at center. Robert Hunt, who they drafted um, out of uh, Louisiana Lafayette in round two at right guard. And Austin Jackson, their first-round pick out of USC at right 
tackle. Now you may be asking yourself, well, why would you put Austin Jackson at right tackle versus putting Austin Jackson at left tackle? Aren't your first-round picks usually left tackles? Yes. But what hand does Tua throw with? Oh, that's right. He's left-handed. So wouldn't it make more sense to put your first-round pick right away if he's going to be your tackle of the future, if Tua is going to be your quarterback of the future? Would you not put Austin Jackson at right tackle instead of left tackle just so he gets the feel they can work together on that right side? and protect Tua's blind side when he does get on the field? I would think the answer would be yes. But, I mean, I'm, I'm no fucking expert. I'm not, a, I'm not a fantasy expert, right? I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Why does everybody have him on the left side? If Miami puts him on the left fucking side... Why are you even going to put fucking Tua in there? I understand Davenport is not good at all. But Davenport is going to be on the front side of Tua. He's going to be able to see the rusher if he breaks through there. That's just my two cents. That's my common sense type thought to it. I mean, it's a little bit different than what we were talking about with the L.A. Chargers, where I originally put Brian Bulaga at his usual right tackle spot, but if you're going to pay him all that money, you might as well put him at left tackle. He can play left tackle. You play left tackle in college. I don't think some analysts or experts ever thought that one through. Granted, it's a little thing. Mm. It's a little thing until Tua gets fucking killed because Davenport's on his blind side. If you think Tua is going to succeed, <laughs> then his blind side has to be protected. Because if he takes the wrong fucking hit on that hip, he's done. He's absolutely fucking done. I don't care how good the fucking doctor was fixing that hip. He's some big fucking boys running at him. The college the college ranks have nothing on the size of full-grown men in the NFL. And it's a lot faster of a fucking game. And he's not at fucking Alabama. Moving to the defense. 3-4. Set. Take a look at the line. Shaq Lawson. Devon Gotcha. I called him Gotcha. I like his name. It's G-O-D-C-H-A-U-X. I know it's Gotcha. <sighs> Am I going to do this? I do this. I I can't pronounce the guy's fucking name all right. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. Any which way. Then you have Christian Wilkins over at the D-tackle spot. 
A couple of guys that they drafted here, Raekwon Davis will uh, filter in and out at uh, D-tackle and nose tackle. He is a second-round pick out of Alabama, very good defensive tackle. And then you have Jason Stobridge, who will be a backup. He was a round five pick, though, uh, D-tackle out of North Carolina. They suffer any injuries. They're going to get real young real quick, and they're going to get real bad real quick. I think you're going to have a harder time running against this defense a little bit. It's going to be This defense is going to be a little bit better than last year. Not fantastic, but it'll be better. They're not going to be able to just get bludgeoned on every fucking play. Your linebacking core is going to consist of Kyle Van Noy, who came over from New England, Alandon Roberts, Raquan McMillan, and Vince Beagle, hmm, former Badger, until he gets hurt. And then you see Andrew Van Ginkle in there. So linebacking core isn't all that great. I mean, your outside linebackers, especially in Van no- Van Noy, is a good addition on there. Uh, they did draft uh, Curtis Weaver as a backup in round five out of Boise State. He was defensive end, but they'll put him at outside linebacker. Uh, your corners are going to be Xavier Howard and the newly acquired Byron Jones from Dallas. And then you'll have Noah Igbinoaganwe. I can't say his name either. He's a first-round pick corner out of Auburn. They're going to slide him into the um, slot corner spot. God, I used to be – I was able to say this in April. Igbino Gane. Igbino Gane. Igbino Gane. I kind of like that. Igbino Gane. Igbino Gane. That's what we're going to go with. Igbino Gane. Oh, God. Why can't they just all be like Steve? Like Steve Smith. Steve Smith, such a great name. Such a great name for a good short wide receiver. Your safeties will be Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain. Not terrific, but, I mean, you could do worse. Could do worse at safety, trust me. I mean, just look at Atlanta. Just look at Atlanta. I mean, that's why that's why when you have a twenty-eight to three lead, you lose the Super Bowl. Any which way, let's take a look at the schedule here. Strength of schedule based on opponent record. Third hardest schedule in the league. Uh oh. A lot of that has to do with the New England Patriots, of course. Buffalo Bills being a little bit better last year. Total defense, strength of schedule based on DVOA. Hardest schedule on the board. Okay. 7, 5, 19, and 9. So third quarter being the best. Let's take a look at versus the rush. 15 overall. 24, 13, 3, and 22. So we got first and fourth quarters are good for running backs. Interesting. Take a look into that one. Versus the pass, hardest schedule on the board. Fifth, third, 31st, and second. Eh, move over there. Versus wide receiver one. So here's your Devontae Parker. 
You want to follow the hype? You do, huh? Second hardest schedule, according to opponents DVOA last year, at the end of the year. We'll take a look at it. First, 17th, 32nd, and 1st. So third quarter being the best. Uh, Same is pretty much going to go for uh, Preston Williams. He has the hardest schedule as well. I'm sorry. Wide receiver one. Yeah, second hardest. Wide receiver two. First hardest. uh, (laughs) The most hardest. Good Lord. Get it out. 1, 5, 23, and 3. So uh, third quarter again. Wide receiver plus. This is going to be Albert Wilson and below. Seventh hardest schedule. 5, 2, 30, and 5. So, again, third quarter. Tight ends. Eighth hardest schedule. Any more Mike Kaziki love? 16, 3, 26, 6. Third quarter again. That is interesting. So consistent right there. Running backs in the passing game. 20th hardest schedule. Hmm. Voting well for Matt Breida. 22nd, 4, 18, and 29. Interesting. So I guarantee you Matt Breida is behind Jordan Howard. Now, probably not too much. We'll take a look at that one. Do we want to take a look at the Miami Dolphins defense? Well, we'll go through it anyways. Uh, first is the offenses they're facing. They have the 23rd hardest schedule on the board. 13, 13, 31, and 2. So third quarter. This is interesting. Could we get shootouts? Passing offense, 24th hardest. 12, 12, 32, and 2. Third quarter again. Rush offense, 25th hardest schedule. 14, 23, 30, and 17. Third quarter again. Second bumped up. Hmm. In the first. In the, uh, in the fourth quarter. That defense might be okay. Maybe, 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 maybe. Defense plus offense added together. We do have the six hardest schedule as a total. Six, ten, thirty, and two. Again, that third quarter. That is really fucking interesting. And what did my cat just get into? I don't even know where the hell she went. All right, let's see. First two weeks are at the Patriots and versus the Bills. Oof. Oh. Terrible. Jaguars in week three. All right. Everybody on board. That's going to be a little shootout type game. Uh, Versus Seahawks. Eh, Jordan Howard, maybe. Jordan Howard. I think it's Jordan Howard game. 49ers. Nope. Broncos. Nope. Chargers. Nope. Rams. That's a tight end game. It's also running backs in the passing game. Okay, interesting, interesting. At Cardinals in week nine. Pretty much opens up everybody, including Kazuki. Versus the Jets. You know, if you want to play the revenge game with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'll let you play the the Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game. thing with the Ryan Fitzpatrick revenge game, though, is... It's basically got a revenge game with half the fucking league. So they go on by in week 11. So we got Cardinals and Jets. Got the Jets again after the bye. So it could be passing very easily. Week 13. 
So this is the end of your third your third quarter versus the Bengals. Interesting. That should be a good game. That should be a good shootout game. That should be a high-scoring game. Week 14, you got the Chiefs. That's actually a Jordan Howard, Matt Breida-type game. Uh, versus the Patriots in Week 15, not good. Finished off with the Raiders. Their defense isn't very good. So you could get another shootout game in Week 16, just in time for your championships. You play Week 17, which you shouldn't because it's stupid. Uh, you're going to be going against the Bills. Bills fronts front has gotten better so it's going to be a little bit harder to run against so that is that let's take a look at our adps we're starting with the quarterbacks ryan fitzpatrick is your qb 28 followed right closely by tua tagabayolola at qb 29 they're going to be picks 230 and 232 overall respectively so not really guys that anybody's jumping on. I don't know if I'm jumping on either one anyways, even if you're doing a two-quarterback league, because that would require you to actually carry Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tua both. And the problem is, is that you're going to need a you're still going to need another backup to handle uh, any type of bye week. Moving to running back. Let's take a look here. We got Jordan Howard who comes in at RB39 which is an RB4. Pick 98 overall. Matt Breida right behind him. At uh, running back 40, pick 108. Or, uh, 108. It's right behind him at pick 108, even though I just said a 98 for uh, Jordan Howard. So they're going basically back-to-back. It's about right. Um, in that type of spot... Man, at that point, I would hope I have my running back set. And I would honestly probably take a shot on Matt Breida and his upside, even though Jordan Howard could be a touchdown machine. But I don't really want to bank on that, considering the fact that Miami's defense still isn't all that great. Um, I would probably take the shot at Matt Breida and just say because Miami's going to be playing from behind most of the year. So that's kind of my two cents there. If you took Jordan Howard in that spot, I wouldn't blame you. It's just it's kind of just like when are you going to play him? That's kind of my concern. Uh, here's here's the little last like following shit from last year. Patrick Laird is the RB one hundred three, four thirty two overall. That's the next Miami running back. It's not Kalen Bellage, Miles Gaskin, or Malcolm Perry. It's fucking Patrick Laird. And Patrick Laird is buried. He's pretty much just about off that fucking team. In case you're wondering about Kalen Bellage, you know, old bag of dicks, uh, he's not being drafted. <laughs> so, in all honesty, he's in the right spot. Wide receivers. Devontae Parker is your wide receiver 25, so he's just outside of wide receiver 2 range. He's a wide receiver 3. Uh, pick 62 overall, so just out of the 5th round right in the beginning of the 6th round. I'd honestly, I'd probably take Stephon Diggs first before I take Devontae Parker. I don't, I don't know if Lightning's going to strike twice. I really don't. Um, Parker didn't really start doing anything until Preston Williams was gone and then they were forced to throw to him. So 
I'm not too excited about Devontae Parker at that spot. Now, if you were going to tell me Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be there all year, I'd probably let it go. I'd probably be all right with it. But with Tua in there, my thoughts on Tua not being all that great, I mean, I just I don't see it happening. Now, you do have Preston Williams, who is the wide receiver 54 at pick 137. You're talking double-digit rounds. Those are kind of the guys that you just take kind of a shot on. Let them see how they play out. I might, I, I'd take a shot on Preston Williams well before I take a shot on Devontae Parker. Now, that's barring, you know, by the time we get to the draft, we're going to be able to see him on, on the field, see if that knee is feeling good. That's how I'm playing it. I'd rather have the, the second guy than the first guy. Just being honest. Jakeem Grant actually comes in as the next uh, Miami wide receiver at wide receiver 109, 366 overall. Uh, Albert Wilson follows at wide receiver 149, 493 overall. So these are guys that are, you know, you're not really going to have to worry about. Alan Hearns, 159, uh, 512 overall. So. Yeah, not not too much respect for this offense. Now, your tight end in Mike Gusecki, he is tight end 10. So he's right behind Hunter Henry, and he's right before Rob Gronkowski. Overall at pick 115, so that's going to be in round 10. Okay, if you want to take a shot on him, I guess. I mean, it's... In that spot, maybe... I don't know. I'd honestly probably rather. I I mean, Hayden Hurst is two guys ahead of him. Um, let's see where Hayden Hurst is overall. Hayden Hurst is at 92, so he's going about 23 picks earlier. So he's going two rounds earlier. Okay, maybe not. Hunter Henry, yes. Yes. Um as far as tight ends, maybe that I might rather have, probably rather just have Jared Cook or just wait a little bit, even a little bit longer and get Dallas Goddard, maybe a couple of the other guys that are second-year uh, second tight ends in Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, John Smith way back there, uh, Jack Doyle, who I like. Um, who am I missing here? Oh, Blake Jarwin. Oh, yeah. Mm. We'll get to him on Friday. I'm not going to spoil that one. I'm not spoiling that rant whatsoever. Miami Dolphins defense is the 23rd defense taken, 283. Uh, Like we said, the overall isn't too important there. Just know that nobody's really keying on them, which is probably a good thing. So now we're getting to the team of the hour, right? The New England Patriots. And their quarterback will be no fucking clue. We're pretty safe to assume at this point with them bringing in Cam Newton that it's either Jarrett Stidham or it's Cam Newton. I think at this point, Brian Hoyer is going to be your third quarterback. I didn't move it. I left it with Cam being as the third quarterback. It's not a big deal at this point right now. 
just know it's it's either Stidham or it's Cam Newton. There's no fucking reason that they could that they would have brought Cam Newton in if he wasn't at least going to be a back a plan to be a backup, like the primary backup. I think it's pretty safe to assume that he's going to end up being the starter. Now, how he's going to look in this offense is the real question. Cam Newton throws. Cam Newton also runs. You had a quarterback in there for the last almost 20 years who couldn't fucking run for a lick of shit. Don't even come at me and say, Tom Brady did a 20-yard run last year. I don't give a shit. Did you see him? He looked like he was running in fucking Ugg boots. I mean, you could, it could look the same with Cam Newton. I don't know, I don't know what this style is anymore. It's just weird. Um, moving on. We'll, we'll get into the quarterbacks here in a minute when we get to the ADPs, but... Let's take a look at our running backs. And you have the usual suspects. And by suspects, the long list of subject uh, suspects. And Sonny Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead, Brandon Bolin, Bolden, Damian Harris, and UDFA, J.J. Taylor. The wannabe James White. That's James Taylor. Or J.J. Taylor. Out of Arizona, if I remember correctly. Yep, that was that was Paulie's guy. Made it on New England, so should see a lot of running here now. Cam Newton actually helps out James White and hurts Sony Michelle if he's in there because of goal line touches. So I don't know. It's all it's all dependent upon the on the quarterback that's gonna be in there. If Stidham gets the start, Sony Michelle's good. Cam Newton gets the start, it's probably more James White. Or Rex Burkett or Brandon Bolden or Damian. You know what? Let's just not fucking touch this backfield again. How about that? How about that? All right. Taking a look at the wide receivers, you will and should see Nikhil Harry as your wide receiver one with Mohamed Sanu across from him and then Julian Edelman in the slot again. Backup, primary backups, Demir Bird, who's getting a lot of hype, and I don't fucking know. It's it's fucking Demir Bird, for fuck's sakes. It's not anybody special. Uh, Marquise Lee, who came over from uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Jacoby Myers is back. Matthew Slater, special teams guy. Gunnar Oslowski, special teams type guy. Um, other than that, there's not really that much to really take any interest in. Uh, wide receiver. Go to tight end. Matt Lacoste. Rookies Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. Asi Asi is a third-round pick out of UCLA with Keen being taken in the fourth round out of Virginia Tech. I like Asi Asi way more than I like Dalton Keen. So I'm kind of paying attention to this. 
I want to see Ossie Ossie win that job. If he looks good in training camp, and we see Cam Newton, quite it, it, in this one, I don't think it matters if Stidham or Cam Newton is the quarterback. I think I would take a shot on Asi Asi as a second tight end. So, last pick in the draft, nobody's going to fucking touch them. Nobody in their right fucking mind is going to touch them. Of course, unless you're in Boston, then you'll probably take them in the third fucking round. If they take them in the third round, just let them fucking go. Don't worry about it. Just laugh all the way to the fucking championship because you play in a shitty league. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Play in a shitty league. Take everybody's fucking money. I don't care. Just get the money. All right. Offensive line from left to right. Isaiah Wynn, Joe Thune, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Marcus Cannon. Very, very good line for running. I have some. God, I still have some interest in Sony Michelle. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be sick when you look at the ADP and you're going to go, oh, fuck. Am I going to think about this? Yeah, it sucks. 3-4 defense for the New England Patriots. Lawrence Guy, Bo Allen, and John Simon should make up your front three. Very, very good. We know that this defense is very good. Uh, Shaliloquy, Calhoun, Dante Hightower, Jawan Bentley, and Brandon Copeland should be your linebackers. Now, they did take a couple of linebackers in the draft. In fact, they took three in Josh Uchi. Uh, uh, Cash uh, Malua and a- Anthony Jennings and those Uchi was a, a round two outside linebacker out of Michigan. He should be rotating in. Anthony Jen- Jennings is an outside linebacker out of Alabama. I think he's going to rotate in. Now Malua, the inside linebacker out of Wyoming, should strictly be a backup. They were really, really thin coming into that draft. And they fixed it through the draft, through UDFAs. Now, they get injury, any injuries in this linebacking core, they're kind of fucked. Because they have no cash available. Especially after doing Cam Newton. Even This is why he had to sign the minimum deal if he wanted to come here. They have no fucking money. I never changed that salary cap that was available from before Cam Newton was signed. That was $1.8 million. What's the minimum contract? It's about a fucking million now, isn't it? They don't have a lot of money. They cannot risk any injuries with this defense or on offense. Your outside corners, of course, will be Jason McCourty and Stephon Gilmore. Um, your slot corner that I see would be Adrian Phillips there, and then your safeties would pay, be Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty. Very, very good defense. Let's take a look at New England Patriots' strength of schedule. For a full season, they actually have the best or the worst strength of schedule. They have the hardest schedule which is probably pretty good considering the fact that they had, like, the easiest last year. Now, that's with the opponent record. Let's take a look at total defense DVOA. 
strength of schedule. 15th. Okay. So they go right back into the middle. 31, 21, and 13. So 1 and 3. Versus the rush. DVOA strength of schedule. 22nd overall. Great. This should make our decision whether or not to take a running back here. Fantastic. 31, 7, 24, and 12. Versus the pass, 17 overall. 25, 1, 23, and 17. Versus wide receiver 1, this should be 1, Nikhil Harry. 20th ranked schedule. 22, 14, 17, and 12. Versus wide receiver 2, this would be your Mohamed Sanu. 16th overall, 21, 7, 18, and 17. Wide receiver plus. This would be, actually, you know what? Julian Edelman's actually going to be your wide receiver, too. This would actually be Mohamed Sanu here. Be the sixth hardest schedule. 11, 3, 6, and 12. So I'm not going to touch Sanu. Edelman and Nikhil Harry should be decent at good spots. Tight end, 13th hardest schedule. 19, 1, 16, and 26. So this is going to be the real question on whether or not we want to uh, take a shot on Asiasi. Uh, running backs in the passing game, 18th overall, 31, 27, and 19. So real similarities is, you know, as far as strength of schedule is really the first quarter and the third quarter. And we're going to take a look at that. Uh, defense. You know, you're going to want the defense anyways, but here we go. Uh, versus total offense, DVOA, 20th overall. So really good for the defense. Uh, 2, 25, 4, and 30. Remember, the highest number uh, makes it easier. Pa- versus passing offense, 18th overall, 130, 7, and 29. So second and fourth quarters are good. Versus the rush, 23rd overall, 18, 24, 4, and 32. So you're looking at three good quarters right there versus the rush. Defense for plus offense. Ooh, let's drag that down. 18th hardest schedule, 13, 12, 13, and 31. Let's see what we got going on here. All right. So... Starting in week one versus the Dolphins, so it's gonna be very, very good opening. At Seahawks, it's gonna be good for the should be good for the run. Uh versus the Raiders, all hands on deck. Versus Chiefs. Probably gonna be playing from behind, so quarterback is good. Um well no no. I keep thinking Miami. Uh with the Chiefs. Hmm. That's gonna be a tight knit game. That's gonna be our, that's gonna be running as much as we possibly can. Keep the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands. Broncos probably not touching by week. Then you have the 49ers. Not great. Uh at Bills. Quite possibly you get the running quarterbacks in there. Jets, yes, we like the passing there. Versus the Ravens, surprisingly, you'd probably want to run. Um, at the Texans, all hands on deck. Versus Cardinals, all hands on deck. Hopefully Asi Asi is ready to go by then uh, because nobody will get it right. They'll pick Matt Lacoste. Um, at Chargers, mm, probably not touching much. At Rams, 
tight ends, another Asiasi, and running backs in the passing game. Uh, at Dolphins, all hands on deck. Bills, mm, mm, maybe. And then the Jets is going to be all passing again. Let's go take a look at our team. Our team's ADP is for different positions. We're going to look at quarterback. And we got one Tom Brady who we're passing by. And we're going to go right straight to Jarrett Stidham, who is your QB 31, 237 overall. Uh, where is my Cam Newton? Oh, I knew I was going to fuck this up. There he is. Cam Newton. Cam Newton didn't have a team when I made the ADP chart on Sunday, so uh, it's a little different seeing a team name and a number next to him. But he is currently he's currently QB 35, 284 overall. Uh, we should definitely see that rise. He's probably going to get up by the see by Sunday. That news came out yesterday. So he should end up somewhere up by... He'll pass Stidham. He's probably going to end up somewhere around Sam Darnold and Kirk Cousins on Sunday. So you're looking at he'll move up about 10 spots, probably to QB 25. I don't think he'll increasingly jump up in there. I could be wrong. Depends on how many drafts they do this week. If they do a shitload of drafts in the NFFC, then he'll probably end up in the Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff area. Let's just be honest. But let's take a look at their running backs. Do, 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 do. There it is. First running back off the board. Imagine that. James White, not Sonny Michelle. Uh, running back 36, 83 overall. Ugh. I'm not fucking taking James White there. Just not. I'm just not. I'm not. Sonny Michelle, running back 42. Pick 103. So you're looking at about the ninth round. I'll take a shot at Sonny Michelle in that spot. I should be set by then. You should be set by then. Damian Harris is a RB57. 162 overall. I don't know how good that's going to be because you got like Rex Burkhead at RB76, 266. I mean, they're almost all on here. Uh, even JJ Taylor is actually RB97, 392 overall. And yeah, Brandon Bolden just fell out, fell back out of the draft spot. He fell from uh, RB73 to undrafted. Uh, after Peyton Barber at 123. So, yeah, Brandon Bolton's falling way out of favor. Paul, quit sending me fucking TikToks. I'm trying to record a fucking podcast. All right, first wide receiver off the board. Should be no surprise. It's Julian Edelman at wide receiver 36, 84 overall. It's a hell of a deal. That's the lowest deal you're going to probably ever see on him. So it's probably a good spot to pick him up. Um, fall down even more. You got Nikhil Harry as wide receiver 65, 170. So that's end of your draft. That's like 
bare bones end of your fucking draft. Mohamed Sanu, even worse. 93, 299. I'm not interested in Sanu. May take a shot at Nikhil Harry at, at that price. Um, it's not a bad price. I would definitely take a look at Julian Edelman if I, if he's available in the, that spot where he's at. Uh, Demir Bird uh, is one tw- wide receiver 121, 409. He's not anybody that you should try and draft. Neither is Marquise Lee at wide receiver 127, 425 overall. Those are just all crapshoots for best ball. But last but certainly not least, Jacoby Myers coming in at wide receiver 156, 509 overall. <coughs> guys that you don't really need to worry about. Two guys I'd worry about. <clears throat> Wide receiver, Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry. Those are the only two I will look at. Tight ends. Going to have to go low, 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 low for the New England tight ends. And guess who comes in first? Devin Asiasi. Tight end 41. Uh, Dalton King comes in at uh, tight end 42. They're going at picks 379 and 384. So, again, guys that you don't really have to draft, but... If we see something, I might take at the end of the draft. Matt Lacoste is actually not getting drafted anymore. Uh, he was. He was actually tight end 35 before he dropped out two weeks ago. So that's fantastic. And I guarantee you, New England's defense. There he is. Fourth defense taken overall. Not even going to worry about the number 169 overall. So they're going to get taken very, very high, very, very quick. All right, now we have our last team in the AFC East, and that's the New York Jets. Now, hopefully, wear your masks right now, all right, because we don't want to get fucking COVID. All right, quarterback, Sam Darnold. Who's his backup? It should be Joe Flacco, but he might not be ready for the season. He did have surgery, so you got David Fales, and then you have um, fourth-round draft pick James Morgan out of Florida International. Your running back here is, again, going to be Le'Veon Bell, but I do believe you're going to see some LaMichael P. Ryan, the rookie that was drafted out of Florida in the fourth round. I like P. Ryan a little bit. I think he's going to dabble in there. Old man Frank Gore came over from Buffalo to here. He just wants he's just doing his nationwide tour. It's just it's what it is. Every team has to sign Frank Gore from now on. Trenton Cannon, Kenneth Dixon, Josh Adams are backups. But the two main guys are gonna be Le'Veon Bell, and Michael P. Ryan. You may see a little bit of Frank Gore if he doesn't die finally. Wide receivers, you're gonna have Brashard Perryman. And Denzel Mims on the outside. I'm expecting that Brashard Perriman is actually going to be your wide receiver one with Denzel Mims fitting in at wide receiver two. Now, you will have Jamison Crowder in the slot. He's going to technically be Sam Darnold's guy, right? He's going to be the guy that Darnold's going to look at the most. They have the most chemistry together, so that's why I'm you're going to see Jamison Crowder's getting taken before anybody else. But packing order, in my opinion, even though we can't really consider Jamison Crowder a wide receiver one, we consider him a wide receiver two because that's where most of his focus is going to be. But you'll have Brashard Perryman as your wide receiver one, Denzel Mims as your uh, other outside wide receiver, but he'll be your wide receiver three. Tight end, it's going to be Chris Herndon. 
I think you'll see a little bit of flexing with Ryan Griffin in there. Daniel Brown and Ross Travis, not much of factors. Um, I'd love to love Ryan Griffin again this year, but I just don't think it's going to happen. They want to get Chris Herndon in there. And uh, Chris Herndon missed all, almost all of last year. I think he ended up – I can't even remember if he ended up on the field for a fucking quarter. So your offensive line, starting at left tackle, is rookie Mackay Becton. He was a first-round pick out of Louisville. Very good offensive tackle. Greg Van Rotten, uh, Karna McGovern, Brian Winters, and Chuma Edoga. Cameron Clark backing up Chuma Edoga if he fails. Um, Clark was uh, offensive tackle taken out of the University of Charlotte in the fourth round. So could see you could see twin rookies in there, to be honest. And I actually would not hate it. <clears throat> so we've seen what the offense is. Uh, a lot of lot of running back, uh, but not you know a strict run. Uh, Sam Darnold's out there, Pat. You know, th- gonna throw a lot of passes this year. Uh, likes to hit his running backs. A lot of targets, a lot of slot, and likes his tight ends. So. We'll see where we're going to focus on that one once we get into the ADPs and we take a look at the strength of schedule. Defense, going to be going to be good on the front line again with Quinn and Williams. Steve McClendon and Henry Anderson, man in the front. It's a 3-4. Uh, Harvey Lange, C.J. Mosley, Blake Cashman, Jordan Jenkins are going to be your, your linebackers. They're okay, but they are beatable. Your outside corners are going to be Pierre Desaire, who came over from Indianapolis, and then you have author, <laughs> author, Arthur Mollett, <clears throat> man on the opposite side with Brian Poole, uh, slated to be the slot corner. Your safeties will be Jamal Adams as long as he stays on the fucking team, and Marcus May. So defense isn't too bad. Definitely one that you're going to want to throw on versus run on. But we're going to have to see the schedule, see if something where, you know, it's like Miami, if they're going to be playing from behind or not. Might be a little bit improved this year. Might be a little bit improved. As long as Adam Gase didn't fuck everything up again. Maybe keep his fucking hands out of everything. Overall schedule based on uh, team record is second hardest schedule. But we look at the total defense DVOA based on last year's numbers. Eighth overall. Okay, so it gets a little bit better. 4, 17, 32, and 7. Now we look at versus the rush. Hmm. 30th ranked schedule overall. Fuck a duck. Would line up for Le'Veon, wouldn't it? 17, 27, 26, and 19. Versus the pass, fourth hardest schedule. Four, nine, 32, and three. Versus the wide receiver, one. This would be Perriman. It's going to be the 11th hardest schedule. 13, 8, 30, and two. Not terrific. Versus the wide receiver, two. This will be your Jamison Crowder. Third high, hardest, seven, three, 30, and four. Not great. 
versus wide receiver plus. This is your Denzel Mims and below. Fourth overall, 7, 21, 5, and 4 versus the tight end. Ninth hardest schedule. Second, 15th, 30th, and 9th. Good fucking Lord. Uh, and running backs in the passing game. 30th. God damn it. God damn it all the hell. By quarters. 1, 24, 32, and 23. Wow. That is a shape up for a fucking Le'Veon Bell year. I don't know what it will. Interesting. Let's take a look for the defense here real quick. Uh, total offense DVOA. 10th overall. 24, 22, and 8. Not too bad. Versus pass offense. 10th overall. 25, 8, 18, and 9. Ugh. And then rush offense. 15th overall. 8, 5, 31, and 7. And then, of course, the defense plus offense. They have the six hardest schedule at 7, 5, 26, and 10. All right, let's take a look at our schedule here. Oh, God. Please tell me something different. Please tell me something different. I do not. I am not going to tell anybody to fucking draft Le'Veon Bell this year, am I? Please, for the love of God. Week one, they're going to play the Bills. Bills have gotten better on there. All right, I'm going to pass on that one. Versus the 49ers, no. At the Colts, defense has gotten a lot better. I'm going to pass. Versus the Broncos, passing. Versus the Cardinals, it's a go for, like, everybody in charge. (laughs) At the Chargers, no. Versus the Bills, no. At Chiefs, yes. Versus Patriots, no. At the Dolphins, absolutely. Bye week in week 11. Week 12, they come back and play the Dolphins. They're good to go. Week 13, they play the Raiders. Good to go. Seahawks, I think they'll be okay. At the Rams, Yes, use running backs in the passing game and tight ends. Versus the Browns, I think they're going to be a little bit better, but you're going to get a lot of volume. Yes. Um, At Patriots, no. So, it's very quite possible. It's very quite possible just to wait on Le'Veon Bell, let him get through that bad part of the schedule, and you might actually be able to get him on the dirt cheap from someone. That's the way I would take a look at it. <clears throat> we'll have to go through the ADPs. We'll see where he's going. I think he's going a little too high for my blood, though. Uh, but we do have to start with Sam Darnold, unfortunately. And where is Sam Darnold going? Uh, did I mark Sam Darnold? I did. Quarterback 26, 193 overall. Probably don't really care much for him, even in a two-quarterback league if I can't help it. Let's go to the running backs. Le'Veon Bell is coming in at RB19, 36 overall. Okay. End of the third round, Le'Veon Bell. If I started out running back, running back, I would would take him as my third running back. I don't think I'd take him as my second. I 
Would I take him as my RB2 if I went running back wide receiver? <clears throat> no. Let's take a look at the running backs that are behind him. You got James Conner, David Johnson, Chris Carson, and Raheem Mostert. Connor is literally right behind him. I think I would actually take Connor before I take Le'Veon Bell. You put in the fact of <clears throat> Adam Gase being there and he could fuck that up at any time. I have more trust in Pittsburgh giving James Connor that shot at being a lone running back here. Belkow, if it were. I would take James Conner in front of him. I would take David Johnson in front of him. We talked about David Johnson last week. Like him. He's our, he's actually uh, at pick 41 now. Chris Carson's right there, too, at pick 44. So, Yeah, I might just leave Le'Veon Bell. I'd probably take James Conner there. James Conner, I'd be okay with David Johnson there as well. Be completely honest with you. Let's take a look at the handcuff. Let's see. Where's our handcuff? Do, 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 do. Michael P. Ryan is RB71243. So he's at the very, very end. Nobody's taking him. So if you get Le'Veon Bell, if you get Le'Veon Bell, you're definitely going to want to have P. Ryan as your handcuff. He's going to come in if anything happens to Bell. Kenneth Dixon is the next uh, Jets. Running back coming off the board at pick uh, RB90, 358 overall. So that's nothing. We're not going to worry about. <laughs> Old man Frank Gordy, he's RB109. Same as his age. Aw, things work out. That's fantastic. Let's take a look at the wide receivers. Get through these ADPs here. Jamison Crowder is your first wide receiver for the Jets off the board. He is wide receiver 44. At pick 107, so really super fucking late. You're looking at ninth round. Hmm, Interesting. Brashard Perryman, wide receiver 53, 135 overall. So it's even better value. I mean, Mims is even better. Wide receiver 68, 184. You know, I'd take a shot on either one, on any of them. I think, I think, I think, I think. You look at Jamison Crowder in a PPR, it's really, really good value there at 107. So I think this order is correct. I think I would, it would be Jamison Crowder I would take a look at first, then it would be Brashard Perryman, and then it would be <clears throat> Denzel Mims. Um because of how late they're getting drafted, I'm not really too worried about the schedule. Um, they're going to be playing from behind in most of those games, so I would, I yeah, I'd be okay with any of, any of the wide receivers that you wanted to take. Now let's take a look at tight end. You have Chris Herndon. He is tight end twenty, one sixty three overall. I'm not drafting him. I'll watch him. I'll. I'll take a chance on him probably in DFS maybe in the right spot. Ryan Griffin, 
The other tight end. Tight end 66, 516 overall. Let's take a look at our defense here. And New York Jets are going at defense number 20. And I might actually take a shot on, on that defense this year. But I don't know. Uh, all the other defenses in front of them are, are just as good, if not better. So you probably wouldn't have to take the risk. Now you could if you're you know, doing the truffle shuffle with defenses, you could take a shot at them in the correct in the correct matchup, but <clears throat> um schedule isn't all that bad. Yeah, because you could take a you could take a shot at them against the Dolphins. Maybe against the Raiders. You know what? No. I wouldn't touch him at all. I'd just leave that defense alone. I wouldn't even fucking bother with it. But that's it. We got through the AFC East. We're going to do NFC East on Thursday. Uh, Thursday. No, Friday. What the fuck am I talking about? A uh, couple things we need to clear, uh, go through here. Um, the Venmo is available if anybody cares to donate for the podcast, for the... Re- for the work um like i said everything's free so it's not really necessary but it is there in case you you'll want to uh it's you go to venmo look up the account at dennis dash roy dash 14 and that's the account that goes strictly here does not go in my pocket whatsoever doesn't go to you know buy more fucking beer rum any of that shit it all comes here. It all gets put right back in the product for you guys. Um, <clears throat> let's see. What else we got going on here? Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Chris Rose, who just got hired over at FTN. Uh, he's a very good guy He uh, who's been over at Full-Time DFS for a couple of years uh, doing, like, basketball, baseball, and football. Uh, really nice guy. Uh, sad to see him leave over there, but I wish him nothing but uh, good returns in DFS and what he's working on. He's a solid dude. Um, if you're looking for uh, just a fun kind of, uh, I don't know if you'd say conspiracy podcast, but just like a, a podcast that kind of deal delves a little bit into, into conspiracy um, kind of deals with current events and, and just, uh, you know, an independent opinion. You could check out my buddy Church. He lives out in Vegas, and his podcast is The Independent Opinion. That is only on Spotify. Uh, so I want to just give a plug out there. He's a good buddy of mine. Um, yeah, give it a follow. Give it a listen. Uh, if you like it, please, uh, you know, give it a like, subscribe. Rate it. Review it. Give them a good review. Give them a good rating. Just like this podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, Everything positive. If there's something that you don't like, you can fucking get a hold of me. I don't give a shit. If, if, If there's, you know, if you... I can't change my voice, okay? I'm from Wisconsin. I've lived here all my life. There's nothing I can do. 
you're getting the Wisconsin accent. It just is what it is. Um, felt like there was something else I was supposed to do today, and it wasn't slam 10 daiquiris. <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired. Um, yeah, you're just going to have to end this because I'm going to end up working on the spreadsheet a little bit more. Um, been working on it little by little, day by day. Uh, it's getting there. Added a couple things. We're going to have the total offense uh, DVOA. We're going to be tracking uh, passing and rushing offense DVOA. If you anybody needs or wants the the spreadsheet, <clears throat> you want the depth charts. You want the ADP, the updated ADP charts. Those two come out every Sunday. Um, if you want those. Get a hold of me on Twitter. On uh, DM me on Twitter. DM me on Instagram. Uh, those are at RoyDog underscore thirteen. So those are the R O Y D A W Gs. Um, shit, this is shit. I should have done right at the beginning of the podcast. Um, if you want, you can actually get a hold of me. You can email me because everything comes through the email uh, through my email, anyways. Um, at roydog underscore thirteen at yahoo.com. Just uh, give me, hit me up over there if you don't have Twitter or Instagram, and just tell me, hey, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to get a look at the. Uh, at, at the work that you're doing, the stuff that's getting updated. I uh, just want to take a look and see. Remember, I'm not trying to take away anybody's subscribers. Um, if you want to follow me exclusively, you're more than welcome to follow me exclusively. Um, a lot of people uh, subscribe to their, you know, DFS, their content sites, and they use me as uh, supplemental. That's okay, too. I don't care. It's just... You know, I'm putting the word out, trying to get the stuff out there, trying to help people win. We will win this season. I did have a rant all fucking lined up attacking uh, <clears throat> uh, the industry a little bit, but I think I'm going to leave that for Friday because I am. I have to work tomorrow, tonight, but on Friday, I don't have to work. On Friday night. So that'd be a perfect time to get me on a whole, whole big uh, rum drunk, punch drunk rant. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that on Friday. So you guys have yourselves a good rest of the week. And I'll talk to you this weekend. Take care.